to the unseen in my faith is arising in me so bless the lord now sing it out loud come and give the lord his glory to grow deeper and deeper with them at home. Amen. Well, if you're new here, we would love to get to know you a little better. There is a welcome paper right in front of you in the seat. If you would fill that out and give it to one of your ushers, go around and greet some of your family of faith this evening. If you are fifth, fifth through 12th grade youth, meet at the door by the men's bathroom upstairs if you're here for the youth. Good to have you tonight. How many of y'all are doing good tonight, everybody? Everybody doing all right? Good. It's good to see you tonight. We're excited for another night in church. I don't know about you, but we, we like to get in here and have, uh, have church and Spend time in the Word and worship and all that great stuff. Anyways, time is an offering time, so if you have something to give, can prep that. Uh, offering envelopes are in front of you. And uh, if not, um, uh, raise your hand up. One of the ushers will help you out. Anyways, but it's good to have you. Um, how about, uh, Tom, will you stand up where you're at and pray over offering for me? And then we'll, we'll collect it. Yeah. Yes. Amen, amen. If you have something, bring it on down. Thank you, Tom. Um, some quick announcements real quick. Don't forget, um, Seek and Find, August 8th through 10th. That's a week from this Sunday. Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night from 7 to 8.30. And, of course, you don't have to be here the whole time. Uh, can come and go as you want. But it is a time of just simply seeking after God. And how many of y'all have some things to seek after him about? Anybody? But, but if nothing else... It's not even so much things you have to seek after him about, but we are supposed to just simply seek him, Amen. right? And that's what those nights are about. So now somebody say, okay, it's a Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, and an hour and a half. Um, that, that's a bit of time. We have to learn how to slow down sometimes. Yes, that's right. Slow down. 
be in his presence. Now, it is not, it is not a worship night per se because it's not going to be just, uh, just solid music for an hour and a half. It, it's going to be time where there's going to be some live music. There's some pauses there. But as much time for you to pray as it is for you to worship, if you know what I'm saying. So it's a little bit different than, than what we've done. But uh, something that uh, we need to do in, a, in the season that we're in, I believe it's going to be a good time. So mark your calendars for that. And then, of course, then that's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Then the Wednesday right then is we have an ice cream social that night. So uh, service will run just a couple minutes shorter, and we'll just have ice cream topics and all sorts of things. I mean, all love ice cream. Yeah, so that's your night. And it's also a great night to bring your friends, right? So it's kind of like, um, like uh, our way of, of trying to kick summer out the door. How many of y'all love summer? I don't. So um, you know why? It's just hot. And, and how many of y'all like the fall? Anybody? Okay, I'm a fall person. But one of the reasons I like fall because then vacations slow down and people and, and people are back in church a little more and, and we always kind of kind of you know survive through the summer a little bit and then get back to fall we'd love to see everybody come back so anyhow anyways ice cream social august 11th and then uh, mark this down august 22nd it's a sunday that sunday again service is going to be a little shorter that's a vision casting day uh, at the time where we're going to talk about uh, next steps for us as a church. We're going to update you on the finances, uh, update you on, on what's happening with the building, some things that we're looking forward to with the children and the youth ministry and things of that nature. So anyways, uh, vision casting day. When that's over, for those of you guys want to hang out, uh, some people have been bugging about playing games together and stuff. So after vision casting, there's going to be afternoon of playing some games and things. And as I said, Sunday, if you don't want to know what that's about, see Samara and and... Felicia and Kelly, who I don't see tonight, I guess they're going to be putting that on for us. So, having said that, uh, get your Bibles out. Also, if, if it's supposed to rain tomorrow, am I correct? Tomorrow, our parking lot was supposed to be resealed and lined. Uh, so, if the weather holds off, that's happening tomorrow. If for some reason they get rained out, I'm assuming we'll get rescheduled. We'll just see no for the next... Uh, uh, if it happens tomorrow, 24 to 48 hours after that, we're supposed to stay off it so, it so it cures correctly and whatnot. So we're excited about getting that done. And as Bonnie will tell you, it's hard to see the lines on the parking lots because they're so old. Is that correct, Bonnie? Yeah. So um, we're going to reline them, and that way we can uh, – <laughs> I'm kidding, Bonnie. I don't mean to pick on you. <laughs> I love it. Anybody have any, uh, anything good that God is up to in your life that you can take just like a minute and share? One, one testimony tonight. Anybody? I'm assuming in this room somebody's got something good that God is up to. Anybody? That's bold enough to share. Bonnie's got something. Go ahead. Right where you're at, Bonnie. My son has a right Yes. And you know what? That, that's Wayne. And I know, Wayne, remember, we prayed with Wayne before he went in to serve uh, what he had to with his time. And, and I know some of you guys have been in contact with him. And I also found out that I know somebody that works there. And you know about that story, right? So that, that was another God connection. I just talked to that guy the other day. He was here for the building dedication. It was wild. And we connected up. So uh, be praying for Wayne. Because when he gets out, he's coming back to church. Good. Well, amen. Amen. Good deal. 
All right, if you've got your Bibles, let's go to the book of Romans, chapter number 12 and verse number 9. By the way, we believe in you. We do. My wife is, is doing kids' church tonight, so that's why she's not sitting here. But we believe in you guys. And the reason, I, I know I've said this before, we believe in you because I believe in God. And because I, I believe God can do anything, that means I, I believe in you. And I believe what God can do in me and all that kind of stuff. So if you didn't know, we pray for you every day. So if, if, no, if you think nobody ever prays for me, false. That's right. We pray for you guys every single day. I literally have everybody's name on, a, on a, a note card that I just go through and I pray. So we pray for you and, and we intercede for you and we fast for you. All right. So we're on your side. We're on your team. We're, we're, we're rooting for you. But even bigger than that, we know God is with you, God is for you, God is working for your good, and all things are possible for those who believe. Amen? All right, so tonight we're going to close up our series in dealing with struggle. How many of y'all have ever struggled? Let me see. Oh, yeah. Dealing with struggle, and we've hit some different topics. I think this is number seven in that series. We, we talked about dealing with struggle in general. We talked about uh, one Wednesday uh, struggling with sin. We talked about struggle with worry. Um, we talked about struggle with finding purpose. We struggle with dealing with doubt. Uh, we talked about struggle with dealing with disappointment. So we covered a lot of different things over these times. If, if any of that resonates with you and you weren't here, just go back on, on the Facebook and it's all live stream catch up and, and check those out on those Wednesdays. But we're going to close it out tonight. And when I brought up dealing with struggle, I, I talked to a couple of people about it. And, and somebody asked that maybe we could do one on dealing with the struggle that we find in the church often is the struggle of becoming lukewarm and the possibility of falling away from the faith. So I want to talk about that tonight. So Romans chapter number 12, and we're going to start in verse number 9. This, this is Paul writing. And, and we're going to find right here a list of things. And Paul and, and other writers in the Bible often will have lists, especially find these in the epistles in the New Testament, the letters of, of Paul and Peter and John. They make lists that, that seem to be very dense with a lot of things. You sort of have to pick your way through it. And there's one thing I want to highlight in this list. But let's read the whole list together. Romans 12, 9, it says, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Now, verse 11, and this is the verse that we brought up before, but this is where we're going to come back to. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no evil for evil, but give thought to what you will do, what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so as far as it depends upon you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. 
To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome evil by evil, but overcome evil with good. Wow. Amen. That, that's a list. My goodness, that's a list. You, you take some time working down through that list and meditating on those things. And just that list right there would change your life. Is that right? But back to verse number 11. Do not be slothful in zeal. In other words, don't get lazy in being zealous after God. We as a church a few months ago started talking about the commitment to being zealous after God. How many remember? And we brought up this verse very specifically. Don't get lazy in your zealousness for God, but be fervent. What's, what's something that's fervent? It, it just kind of boils up and bubbles a lot. It, it, it reminds me of a word that it's not the same, but ferment. You know what I'm saying? Some, something's just fermenting in you. Something's changing. You know what I'm saying? Fervent spirit, serve the Lord. So when there is zealousness and, and, and a fervent spirit, serving the Lord follows. For when you get lazy in zeal and, you're, and, and, and the, the kind of the, the bubbling up in you dies down, we have a tendency to fall away from serving him. So... We see in the church sometimes people that at one point were, were just very after God. You know what I'm saying? They would say, man, I was on fire for him. You ever hear somebody say that? I was on fire for him. And at some point, because of a lot of, a, a lot of a hundreds of reasons, it kind of dies down. And, and they kind of start to get lazy in the things of God. And as the Bible warns in the book of Revelation, maybe uh, they're trending towards being lukewarm. Not hot nor cold, but, but lukewarm. And then, then there's the chance of people actually just falling away from him completely and living life separate from God. That is always a possibility because God does not force you to serve him, nor does he make you zealous for him. He presents himself for you to respond to him, and you must respond to him. Amen. As an example, I, 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 br I bring this up a handful of times, and let me bring it up again. Remember, remember the song, This Little Light of Mine. I'm all that, how many of y'all sang that song in the children's church? Okay, kids' church. This Little Light of Mine, I, listen, that's a nice little kids' church song. It has a great meaning, but I'm not interested in just this little light. I'm interested in a fire. That burns within me. To be zealous after him. To be fervent in spirit. That, that results in me serving the Lord. Because what happens is if all you guys this little light, you guys, anybody spends out time outside, you, it just gets blown out. Or whatever went to light, well, that was nice. But, but when you got a fire and it gets windy and crazy, sometimes the, the wind actually causes it to, to stir up more than it does to put it down. I want that kind of fire. But we have a tendency to get away from fervency. Um, now, sometimes I believe our expectations of what that means is not sustainable. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, especially in Pentecostal and charismatic circles. Because Pentecostal charismatics were very experienced in nature. You know what I'm saying? We, we want to experience God. And sometimes what we, what we mean by experiencing, we want to feel him, literally feel him. 
And we believe in those kind of experiences. We believe that God can literally talk to us if he wants to. We believe in the open-ended experience of God. But that comes with some troubles. Because we often get hung up on that's what it's about and that's what it means. And if we're not having that, then there's something wrong. And that's why expectation sometimes doesn't match the reality of walking every day with Jesus. Okay? So what the word zeal means, it, it simply means to have strong desire. Now, it, it can involve enthusiasm a little bit, but, but I think scripturally it means desire mostly. That I never get lazy in my desire for God. And in turn then being fervent in spirit, which results in serving the Lord. Now, now here, here's the mistake we make, I think, sometimes. This is the first thing, is that um, the Christian life is not about your emotions. And this is where we have an expectation that doesn't get met. When we talk about, well, I'm going to be on fire for God, then that a lot of times brings you with this connotation that I'm just going to feel God all the time. Trust me, it doesn't happen. So zeal is not your emotion. Zeal is desire, and there's a difference there. See, what it, what it comes down to is when you feel like you're in a dry time, when you feel like God is not there, maybe you feel God is distant, whether, whether you're in a tough spot, what you do in those times is what makes the difference. Because it's often in those times that people start to fall away and get lukewarm and get lazy. Okay? But remember, this is not about your emotion. Now, are you an emotional creature? Okay, so, again, we're, we're Pentecostal experience. How many of y'all have ever been overcome with emotion in the presence of God? And you cried, you shouted, you danced, you did something. That is not how you're going to live every day with Jesus. Okay? God will touch your emotions because you're emotional, but you don't live in an emotional state. If you try to keep up an emotional state in your religious life, you're going to burn yourself out. Okay? So we have this expectation. I'm always going to feel it. I'm always going to be on top of it. I'm always going to be feel like I'm on fire. And then, then you, you hit a season where you don't or you, you find some trouble, it seems to drive that fire away, and then, then the opportunity to get lazy and slothful and the fervency to die down is right there. Because zealousness is not emotion, it's desire. So, if you've ever been in a season where you kind of felt dry here, what you do in those times makes all the difference in the world, because most likely you'll experience it. What you, what you do in the times when it feels like God is not right here, even though he is, but he feels like, is he even paying attention to me? Why are my prayers not being answered like I wanted, in a time I wanted? And you get all these things going, you feel like God's not even around. What you do in those times makes all the difference in the world. Because it can drive you one way or it can drive you the other. So it's not about what you feel. 
So, so I, have, I have developed a, a healthy rhythm of my life of almost, I'm not going to lie and say every day, almost every day I read my Bible and every day I pray. Healthy habit, healthy rhythm of life. That if I get out of that rhythm, I know I'm out of rhythm. We've talked about that before. So let me, let me just be honest with you. And fasting, too. Not every single day do I feel like reading my Bible. I may relate to what I'm saying. But what I do when I don't feel like it makes all the difference in the world. I don't always feel like taking time to pray. I'm not talking a, a smattering of prayer. I'm talking praying. I generally rarely ever want to fast. It's, I'm, not, I'm not so spiritual to say I just love it. Okay? I see, I see the reasons for it. I see the benefit of it. Therefore, it drives me to it. But I always feel like Now, there are days that I very much feel like it getting in the Word and praying. There, there are times that I'm so drawn to a time of fasting that I jump into it, and it's an exciting time, but not always. It's not, and I've come to learn it's not based on my emotions. There are Sundays I come here, and I don't feel like worshiping. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I don't always feel like coming up and sharing the Word. There, there are some Sundays I'd just rather stay there and let somebody do it. Be honest. It's not based on what I feel, though. Not based on my emotions. Zealousness is desire. I may not feel like getting in the Word, but I can desire to get into the Word. I can desire to pray, to fast, to worship in, in, in my calling to share the Word. So the first thing is don't get hung up as an emotion because if you base it on your emotions, you're going to get burned out, okay? Second thing is. There will undoubtedly be time when you feel like you're in a dry season. Like you're not hearing from God, you're not, obviously not feeling him, uh, your prayer life seems kind of disjointed, it doesn't seem like your prayers are being answered. Um, now remember, we are in an imperfect fallen world working out our salvation. If you always remember that, those times make a little sense. Because it's not perfect, it won't always feel perfect. You see what I'm getting at? But what you do in those dry times makes all the difference in the world. Okay? Don't be overcome by your dry times. There are times in life when we get distracted with life. The enemy tries to distract us just by the general life we live, we get distracted. You know, Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. In other words, all the things we chafed after and seek and want to have. You know, God will give us desires of our heart we seek his kingdom first. Amen. But so often we get distracted with all these other things, the worries of life, the cares of life, that, that again, we're not seeking him first. We're not seeking him first. The fire starts to die down a little bit. We're distracted, and we start getting lazy. It, you know, people, um, you see this so much. Again, I've been pastoring for so long. People that are in a place where, where things just start getting dry, and, 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 and uh, they're not responding with desire, but, but just allowing it, they start to disengage. They disengage their prayer life. They disengage their word time. 
they, they start to disengage church. All of a sudden, church attendance starts to... They, they disengage relationships that inspire them to God. I hope everybody has relationships that inspire you to God. Thing. They disengage from those relationships because then it just feels like somebody's hounding them and, and pounding on them. You know what I'm saying? We start to disengage. Again, that, that fire is burning down. The, the, the real reality of lukewarmness and the real reality of falling away starts to set in. In those times, what you do makes all the difference in the world. It's called desire. Okay, so Margot and I, we've been married since 1994. Do the math in your head. It's been a while. The last of our children is going to college in about three and a half weeks. We are officially empty nesters. Pray for my wife. I'm going to survive. She's the one you need to worry about. All right? I love my wife. I desire her. But we've fought. We've had troubles. I didn't feel every day. But love as a commitment with the desire to do what I'm supposed to do overcomes the days when you don't feel it. Does that make sense? It happens with everything in life. Dry times, things don't seem like they're clicking right the way they should. You, you, you see what I'm getting at? You, you see this in your marriage relationship. You've married long enough. But you understand, in order to make it work, you've got to do some things to keep things right, keep it going, keep it proper, keep, keep, the, keep the fire burning, you know what I'm saying? You've you got to do some things, correct? It's the same thing with God. So you're going to feel dry times. It's not going to be about your emotion. You get distracted. And, and, and by the way, sin is always crouching at your door. As the Lord told Cain, sin crouches at your door, or Genesis 4, 7, I believe. It desires to have you. But what did God tell Cain about sin? But you must master it. Sin crouches at your door. It desired. So some people fall away because sin was crouching at the door. Sin desired to have them, but they didn't master it. And sin took them back. So we see some people get lazy in spirit. They disengage. They start to fall away just because of the reentrance of sin in their life. So that, that can be an issue, too. But what you do when you're tempted means all the difference in the world. Remember we talked about dealing with sin, the struggle of sin, Calling temptation for what it is. It's being tempted to death, okay? Call it for what it is. So, what do I got to do to keep the fire burning? No golden nuggets here. I'm not going to tell you anything you've never heard. Which is good. Because the Christian life is not really overly complicated. Amen. We complicate it. What do I got to do when you don't feel like it? Keep doing it. I don't feel like praying. Pray. I don't feel like getting in my word. Get in your word. I really don't want to go to church. Go to church. I really don't want to respond to the text or the call or the invite out with that person I know is going to talk to me about God. Go anyways. When you're in a dry season, keep digging till you feel like you find water again. When you realize you've been distracted, refocus. All of a sudden, 
all of a sudden it, it dawns on you, I have not been seeking the kingdom first. Refocus. When you're tempted in sin, call it for what it is and flee. But if you've fallen in sin, repent and get back in. We stoke the fire. In other words, the Christian life is about faithfulness. It's about persevering. The Christian life at the end of the day is faithfulness. So Philippians chapter 3, verse number 10. Philippians chapter 3, verse number 10. So the cure, the cure for people in the church that get lukewarm or fall away, the cure for it all is the learning of how to be faithful to God as he is faithful to you. Amen. That's the cure. Because faithfulness means perseverance. Perseverance is that no matter what is happening, even when it's hard, I keep going. So Philippians uh, chapter 3, verse number 10. Picking up mid-sentence mid here. That I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection of the dead. How many know that's where we're headed towards? That's our goal, right? That's right. Now Paul writing, he said, not that I've already attained it. Verse 12. Or am already perfect. Do you guys all feel that way? How many all feel like, and you just know, I have not already obtained this whole thing? How many realize I have not been made, I'm not perfect yet? I'm, I'm not, okay. Now we know that. That's why we experience what we experience. That's why we experience dry times. That's why we sometimes don't feel like we think we should. But, now what do we do? I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, and I strain forward to what lies ahead, I press on to the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Now watch this. Let those of us who are mature think this way. Did you hear that? If you consider yourself mature in the faith. Now, now here, here's what I know. I could, I think, I'm, I'm not saying in a prideful, boastful way, but if I talk to each of you privately in a good time with Jesus in your walk, if I said, you consider yourself mature in the faith, you'd probably say, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I'm growing. If you're mature. Maturity shows up when it feels like it's dry. Maturity shows up when you don't feel like it. Maturity shows up when you realize you've been distracted. And maturity shows up when sin is crouching at your door. Maturity shows up in what you do. Those of you have, who have a mature outlook on your faith know, I have not already obtained this yet. I understand that things haven't been perfected yet. Therefore, I press on no matter what. I keep going. I keep fighting. I keep 
digging. I keep fleeing sin. I do whatever is necessary to keep this thing moving. That's maturity in the faith. I've come across people that have said, well, they would consider themselves mature, but when things got bad, they hit the road. They dropped out. They checked out. See, remember, remember the testing of your faith, James 1, develops what? What does the scripture say? The testing of your faith develops what? Perseverance. Right? Then James goes on, right, on to write, Testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must do its work so you may become what? Mature and complete, not lacking anything. Right? When you are tested, I don't feel like God's here. I'm in a dry time. I realize that life hasn't been going my way. You are being tested. In the test, your response is perseverance, faithfulness. I don't feel it, but I'm going to desire God, zealous after him. In that, then the circular thing happens. It, It matures you. But also then in your maturity, it shows in how you keep going. It's just this thing that keeps growing, keeps happening. It's the circular thing. It helps you mature, and then your maturity helps you keep going. It helps you mature, and your maturity help keeps you going. Right? right? In other words, in other words we're, we're, we're like these trees that are being grown. You ever see a bad windstorm? Like, like, like I hunt, so... Um, uh, whether it's in the off-season hunting, or even sometimes in, in, in season, you get these nasty windstorms. I always, I'm always curious of what the woods looks like when I walk back in after a big windstorm because it changes a little bit. There's always some trees that have fallen down. or One time one fell over and smashed the bottom of, of my ladder stand, bent it in half. Glad I wasn't sitting in it, right? See, those trees, for whatever reason, the root system never grew deep enough to withstand the storm. Even though they may look good and look mature, something about the root system wasn't correct. So when the wind came, it toppled it down. We must allow our roots to be driven deep. But more often they're driven deep in trying times, not when things are easy. Something extra about those times. Drives roots deep. Okay? So... As a pastor, these are all, all the messages I like to speak are very pastoral in nature, but this series very specifically because I've come across scads of people through the years that are struggling in something in their walk with God. Lots of struggles. By the way, if you've struggled, you're not alone. Just put it out there. It happens to everybody. And there's sometimes in a pastoral nature that, that you're very uh, sympathetic empathetic and you just want to just kind of want to grab people okay come on come on but there's every once in a while that you just want to say oh come on let's go snap yourself out of it and I, I hope I'm more the first way than the second way but there's every once in a while there's somebody who's just been it's just and you just and finally you're just like okay you are mature enough to deal with this let's go Let's rise up 
and let's grab a hold of something and let's keep trucking down the road. You know? And I think, I think the Spirit would spur us on to, to rise up in ourselves, to learn how to encourage ourselves and to get after things. Because sometimes we're in struggle because we simply just stay there. Let's be honest. And the whole time the Holy Spirit's trying to draw you out, the whole time the Holy Spirit's giving you an avenue, there may be people trying to reach out and it's being rebuffed and then you're just sitting in struggle. And I'm not, I'm not trying to minimize your struggle, but there are sometimes it's, you're there because when you're in the valley of shadow of death, you didn't keep going, you just made camp. And sometimes you've got to learn how to pull the, the tent pegs up and, and let's just get going. So, so when it comes to your fire starting to, listen, God does not stir you up. He does not make you. You have to learn how to stir yourself up. You must learn how to encourage yourself, even if you feel like nobody else is. Because nobody else is going to be standing with you with him. It's you. And he's given you what you need to do what he's called you to do. So as a church, I talk sometimes to Samir about this, worship leader. We're just briefly talking about this tonight. You know, we come together and we're to be a celebrating church. Amen. Which means we're not quiet. And there are times we, we, we come into a worshipful place, you know. The, I, I promise you, she's, she's probably sometimes going, what in the world? What are people doing? Let's go. Let's wake up. Let's, let's you know. Well, we can't make anybody. We can encourage you all day long, but you have to stir yourself up. I can't make you read your Bible. Can't do it. Wish I could. I, I wish we could install those shock collars every morning about 830. Go, oh, I know I'm supposed to read the Bible. I don't know what, what we could do. I can't make you read your word, but we can equip you with things to do so. I can't make you pray, but we can teach you about prayer. We can offer a prayer night, Monday nights. We, we can offer seek and find for you to come do it. We can give you avenues, but I can't make you pray. Samara can't make you worship. At some point, your zealousness, your desire, your own desire has to rise up and get after it, even when you don't feel it. Even when you, like you feel like you're in a dry time. Even when it seems like God is not responding the way you want him to, how you want him to do it, when you want him to do it. Remember, God is not your pool chain. He's not, he's not, a, he's not the ATM of the sky. You don't get to chuck your card in, punch a bunch of numbers, and get everything you want. It doesn't work that way. Right. Maturity understands that. But we must stir ourselves up. Amen. So, again, what you do is those moments makes all the difference in the world. Amen? Amen. So as a church, there is going to be a constant challenge to you to be zealous. I'm not challenging you to be emotional. I'm challenging you to be zealous. I'm not challenging you to base your faithfulness to God on your experience. Is, again, this is where Pentecostal charismatics get it wrong. Your relationship with God is not based on your experience. Your relationship with God is based on your faithfulness. Amen. Faithfulness. Right. Amen. Amen. So the challenge is, let's keep going. 
We know there's some times that while we're doing this that, that some of you, because of issues of life, we're going to have to help you bear your burdens. And we will do so. We know there's some, some of you that you're in struggle. It's not a matter of you just, God, get you. it's a struggle. And we will help you bear your burden. But the key is that we all keep going and we keep moving and we stay faithful. And then, then when you have these moments, these experiences, where you, without a doubt, know that he showed up and you felt him and it was... It was you can look at those as moments and say, although I know I, I feel this way now, I remember that. And I remember that. And, I, and th that was not fake. It wasn't conjured up. It wasn't. That was real. Therefore, the same God that visited me there, he's still with me now. Why I feel this way, I don't understand. But I'm going to worship beyond my understanding, and I'm going to keep going. That's the Christian life, by the way. It's often worshiping beyond your understanding. Worshiping, in other words, faith. Amen. That we keep after things. Because this thing that happens in fits and starts so much because things haven't been made perfect yet. We know we're heading towards what is made perfect, and that's the reward. And we never lose sight of that, that big picture that's always in the background. Kingdom come will be done now, but it's taken as prophetically to when it comes in actual finality. Amen. Amen. And we keep pressing on. We keep striving. We keep stirring ourselves up. We keep desire. Amen. Amen? Right. So, dealing with lukewarmness and, and uh, the possibility of falling away, don't. Right. Don't. That's your choice. God didn't push you away. If you went away from him, you made the choice to do so. Amen? God didn't disappoint you. God, no, 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 no. God is with you. He's faithful to you. Your choice to walk away. Stir yourself up. Now, here, here's what's the most wonderful thing in the world. This is what's so amazing about God because of his patience. The mercies of God are new every morning. So if, if your fire has gone out, out, there's not even the ember to use to start a new one. You've been so distracted and so far off the narrow road, you, you wouldn't even be able to find your way back with a compass. The mercies of God will meet you right where you're at. If all you say, hey, I'm sorry I messed up. And it's like, and then, and, and remember the prodigal? God's not over there at the throne going, hey, hey, get over here, snapping a stick. He's running down the road to wherever you are to grab hold of you and take you in and throw a party. That's the mercies of God. New every morning. Amen? Amen. So, A, if you feel like, uh, keep going. If it's good, keep going. If you feel like you've got off track, come home. Stir yourself up. Get back into flow. Get back into rhythm. Learn how to be faithful. Grow in maturity. Persevere. And just see what God will do. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right.
So here's what I want to do. I want to um, pray with anybody that would like prayer tonight. It doesn't have to be about anything I talked about. It could be just whatever. I want to pray with you tonight. And uh, even if you feel like God has been just, where in the world has he been? You feel like you're in the middle of one of those psalms. You know, whoa, God, where are you at? You know? I don't believe God ever left you. I believe he's there. I believe he's working. Even, like the, the song says, even when we don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. And, and I'd like to pray with you maybe to reconfirm that. Maybe it has nothing to do with it. Something. I'd, I'd like to pray with you before you go. But just know this. Pastor of this place, we are going to strive to be zealous after him. We will be a church of celebration. It, it, we will be. We will be a house of freedom. Freedom. We will be a house of, listen, long-term discipleship. Amen? This is what we strive for. This is why I teach the way I teach. I'm not, I'm not geared to tickle your ears and make you feel good. When I'm, we're, we're going long term with this thing. We're, we're laying stones. All right? It's what we do. And if any of you start to kind of, we're just going to say, hey, we're going to try to bring you back. You fight us, but we're not going to let you go. We're going to pray, pray, pray. We're going to call, call, call. You're going to get annoyed with us. We'll just keep after you. Why? Because we believe in this long-term discipleship. Being stirred up together in him. Amen? Amen. Okay, so I'm going to close out um, with, with a quick prayer, but if you would like extra prayer, more prayer, come on down here and I'll, I'll spend a few moments with you. Lord, we thank you for your mercies that are new every day. You know, we lean on them, we trust in them, we stand in them, Lord, and I pray for anybody, Lord, just kind of feel dry. They feel like uh, the fire's gone out. They feel like uh, they've lost their way. Maybe they don't feel anything. They're, they're kind of numb. I pray, Lord, as they just simply keep following, that you respond to them. And, and in your wonderful, incredible wisdom, do what you know you need to do for them very specifically. And I ask as they keep after you, Lord, they experience you, confirmation again of who you are and what you're about. That we live in your mercies, we live in your presence, but we're people who learn to be faithful. And thank you for that. In Jesus' name, everybody says, amen. amen.